checking. One, two. This is the way I test my microphone. This is also the way I warm up in my car on my way to work in the morning. Oh, yeah? This is what I do. Sonic1029 presents Top Ranking Podcast with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Cue the intro music. Temporary podcast song. This is temporary. It's not for long. Temporary podcast song. This is temporary. It's not for long. Welcome to Top Ranking Podcast episode 26. We did it. Half a year's worth of top-ranking podcast. Are we the top-ranking podcast? No. That's for future generations to decide. Top-ranking podcast with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Paul, Bryce, do you ever just sort of sit around and wonder what if? What if you could reinvent yourself without fear of judgment, ridicule? Maybe it'd be a whole new fashion you decided to try out. Yeah, maybe I'd suddenly become a long hair guy. Or maybe speak in a French accent. Oh, that's the dream. Oh. Yeah, suddenly I'm Australian. That'd be nice. Alan here, he's uh, he's living the dream. He reinvented himself. It's Alan calling, long-time listener. I just thought of something that uh, made me laugh, made me think of you. You know you have that segment where you're always talking about ways you know you're becoming your father? Oh, yeah, the precise moment you turned into your dad, yeah. Okay, well, that happened to me. I am my dad now. Uh-oh. What did um, it? Yeah, it's okay, so my dad is from the States, and he loves ponchos. He wears them all the time, everywhere he goes. Ponchos? I thought it was embarrassing. Hang on. But the other Chris, day, I found Alan. my poncho from Ecuador when I lived there, and I threw it on, and Garner, everyone at Southgate lost their minds. I love this poncho. I'm never taking it off. People were complimenting you on your poncho? It was crazy, yeah. I, I, somebody took a selfie with me. People love this. It's just llama all over it. It's made of 100% alpaca wool. I got it when I was living in Ecuador. I love but, this poncho, Garner, but, and I'm but, never taking it off. Uh, and I Alan, don't care that I'm my dad. Alan? Settle down for a second here. But were people walking up to you and going, hey, man, nice poncho? Like, did you misread what they were, how, their tone? Not even a little bit. People were, like, shouting from across the parking lot, like, poncho, bro. And I was like, yeah. Yep. Like, it so, was a really good day. I had a really good day. Okay, well, good. I don't want to ass all over it, but I, I'm just trying to get the context here. Now, will your identity be poncho guy now? It just has to be. Yeah. Al the poncho guy is officially who I am now. I'm never going back. I don't know that I could be a poncho guy. Uh, I've tried and failed. Real? They're not real flattering. No, they're not slimming. You think they'd be slimming, but they're not. Mm. They're always cumbersome. You can't. Very few people can put on a poncho smoothly. Like normally, there's a struggle to find the head hole, and oh boy, where do you keep your wallet and your keys? Hmm. Yeah. There's no pockets in a poncho. No, and you can't wheel honeys wearing a poncho either. Well, I think Alan would argue with you. <laughs> if you, no, Bryce, if you could reinvent yourself, what what would you do? I don't know. I'd find an interesting hobby, maybe. Yeah? Like, maybe maybe suddenly I'd become a car guy. Ooh, car guy. Car guy Bryce would be interesting. Yeah, where I just talk about horsepower and torque. No, you'd be like, yeah, cars, huh? I hear the blue ones are good. <laughs> <laughs> the blue ones are fast, <laughs> but not as fast as the red. Am I right? Yeah, you know, I could just, oh, that, 75 Chevy or 74? Oh, yeah, of course, 74 because of the detail. Like, you got to look at the taillights and go, yeah, you can see that that one's got a four-screw taillight. The 74 
has a five screw tail light. Yeah. I'm just, just making stuff up now. You just seem really burly and cool when you're a car guy. Oh, man. I don't know what I would do. Hair plugs, maybe? Maybe I would have been a toupee guy. Oh. I can't do that now. I'm completely bald, but I can't all of a sudden just show up for work on Monday with a full, rich, luxurious head of hair. No, you're kind of stuck. You're committed to that look. And yeah, if you could without, that would make sense. If you could find a good rug, because we've seen some bad ones. Oh my, have we ever. Uh, This on the text machine here. If I could reinvent myself without ridicule, I think I'd be a cowboy boot guy. I don't like the music. (laughs) Not one bit. But you have to admit that the cowboys have fantastic footwear. My girlfriend would leave me for sure if I started wearing them. But if I could, dot, 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 James. Mm, cowboy boot guy. That is a good one. Yeah. My suggestion for James would be start with the, like, there's a more rounded toe cowboy boot. I think they're called ropers. Ropers? Yeah. You start with those and then you slowly transition into the pointy toe cowboy boots of your dreams. Remember, though, like transitioning to cowboy boots when your girlfriend doesn't want you to wear cowboy boots, it's a marathon not a sprint. It's an Everest summit. Yeah, you have to ease into that like getting into a hot tub. Yeah, you don't just go straight to the top of Everest. Like you don't run up Everest. You have to spend several weeks, maybe months, camping along the way at those uh, acclimation camps. Same thing with cowboy boots. Mm-hmm. It's the exact, exact same thing. Yeah, car guys, cowboy boot guys, they, also, they live a richer life than we do. They we sure do. We made a misstep when we didn't go down that road. Top Ranking Podcast with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. It's not the best podcast, but at least we uploaded something. When a stranger completely trusts you. Chapter 2. <laughs> That's how all my true crime podcasts start. Chapter 2. When a stranger completely trusts you. <laughs> and the people on the true crime podcast always talk way too close to the microphone. I like it. It Mm. makes it sound really official. Chapter two. Yeah. Uh, That is a topic that came up this week is that it's weird. It's strangely off-putting when a stranger comes up to you and they just go all in on the trust with you. Like they completely 100% trust you. And a lot of the stories we heard involved you coming probably this close to being murdered. Yeah. You know, it's a two-way street. On one hand, there are cases where that person should not trust you and cases where they <laughs> put it all or you should you. not be trusting them with what's going on. Yeah. And it can be an absolute nightmare. It does feel good, though, when somebody completely trusts you. Like this guy here, this is the clubhouse leader. So this guy was taking his kids skiing this past weekend and he found some lift passes on Kijiji. And he called the guy up, and the guy's like, I'm not home right now. I might be a little hammered, too. But here's my address. Just go there, and I'll remotely let you in through the garage door. This is how it unfolded. And and he lets me. I get there. Yeah, I'm here, buddy. Oh, yeah, there's the garage door opening. I'm like, okay, where am I going? Okay, it's the uh, drawer to the left of the fridge. It's under some paperwork there. Just grab two. And, uh, yeah, I got your money. Thanks a lot. Uh, I'm like, okay, cool. He did ask me what what I did for a living, though, um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm in an honest living and stuff like that, so she goes, okay, yeah, no problem, yeah, so yeah, totally trusting. Wow, this is, but at any point when you're walking through this stranger's darkened home that he remotely let you into, did you yeah. ever get the sense that you'd maybe be placing the lotion in the basket? No, I like like I said, I'm, I'm in a, you know, pretty, 
pretty honest career kind of thing and okay. uh, where, where, I, where I have to, I know how to take care of myself kind of thing. Okay. Well, this is Hall of Fame worthy, right? It is. <laughs> this it, 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 it's like totally, I was just like, okay, cool. Yeah, I got no problem. And this house, gorgeous house, like had gorgeous stuff everywhere. I was just like, holy cow. And this guy was single, like, like uh, he said, oh, yeah, I know I'm a one-man wolf pack. I go over the phone, I go, man, this is a nice house. And I said, hey. You got the right person to trust, but don't be that trusting anymore, man. Yeah, this... I don't know that he got my reference to Silence of the Lambs. No, I don't think he did at all, and that should have been top of mind. Uh, I would... I know for a fact I will never be at a point in my life where I would just be like, ah, you know what, let yourself into my house. Sure. That will never happen. And uh, if I was ever allowed into someone's house, I know exactly how this transaction would have finished. Okay, so you go, you get the lift passes or whatever out of the drawer, yeah. and then the final thing you say to the guy on the other end of the phone is, your pillows smell good. <laughs> I would send them a oh. final text. I wouldn't even be at the house. I wouldn't go oh. into the room. <laughs> but just send them a text. Your pillows smell nice. Ooh. And that'll teach them a lesson why you don't let strangers into your house. <laughs> uh, people have just made some terrible, terrible decisions in their life. When I was 16, this is a text, not my personal story. When I was 16, my family went with another family to Hawaii. I shared a room with another 15-year-old girl. Just as we fell asleep, there was a knock at the door. There was a young woman who said she had no place to stay and wondered if we could, if she could sleep on her floor. We let her in and went back to sleep. In the morning, she was still there, and I had a weird feeling that, gosh, maybe we shouldn't have done this because we could have been robbed or murdered in the night. But it was all good. She got up. We said goodbye. And live to tell the story some 40 years later. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good lesson for everyone. Don't let a stranger come sleep on your hotel room floor. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to end up deadsies. Oh, here's another one, too. I like this one. Uh, My girlfriend was looking for an electric lawnmower for her rental house on Kijiji. She called one person. They said they were going away for the weekend. But they gave her the address and said... Come look at it. It'll be in the backyard. We will leave an extension cord out for you so you can try it. If you like it, leave the money in the mailbox. She tried it, mowed their lawn, and left them the money and loaded up the mower. You see, that seems like a good way to lose not only a mower, but also your beloved extension cord. Yeah. And we'll leave $50 taped to the top of the lawn mower. I don't know if I have the ingredients to be the guy that would just take the lawn mower, but... I'd be standing there being like, am I really alone in this house with this mower? You know what we saw a lot of, too, when we were talking about this? A lot of texts from people and phone calls from people that involved their babies. Yes. This is so weird. You think that the number one thing you protect with everything you got is your infant son or daughter. Yeah, I can't believe the number of people that are like, a stranger came up, asked to hold my baby. Yeah, and and I let them. And you let them. Uh, This one, two women and myself were sitting on a bench at the TELUS Space Science Center on a busy day. A lady walked up to us, put her infant carrier down and says, hey, can you watch my baby while I go into the exhibit? We had no idea who this woman was, and the look we gave her must have been horrific as she said, that's okay with you, right? Well, it's your baby. You're leaving with strangers. She came back 20 minutes later and thanked us profusely. We all agreed that it was beyond weird. I'd be insulted that they assumed I didn't have anything better to do than sit outside and watch your kid. Yeah, I'm not going to watch your stupid baby. But how could you go inside into a science center and enjoy yourself knowing that your kid is outside with 
Just a person you saw who happened to be sitting on a bench? Maybe it was just a really lousy baby and she was hoping somebody would steal it. <laughs> Maybe that baby hasn't been pulling its weight? Yes. Man. Yeah. Speaking of like holding babies, I've never held a stranger's baby, but I have had people I know be like, oh, do you want to hold my baby? I can count on one hand the number of times I've held a child. I don't like it. I'm Why? sure it's different when it's your own kid, but when it's someone else's kid, I feel too much pressure that if I sneeze on it or drop it, that that's really a good way to end a friendship. Yeah, there's, there's no walking that one off. You feel, and you feel like a total creeper when you're a guy like you. Not really single. I mean, you have a girlfriend, but when you're a guy, you live alone. And if somebody ever saw your YouTube search history, how to hold a baby, that'd be pretty creepy. Yeah, that would raise some flags. Uh huh. And that's the other thing is that people love to criticize technique. They can tell when someone hasn't held a baby very much. And they just laugh at you as you're like, I think I hold its head. Like, I don't know how to hold this thing. And they just mock the technique, and I just don't have the stomach for it. Top-ranking podcast with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Top-ranking podcast. Garner, you may remember a couple weeks ago, we kicked off the March Madness of cartoons. Over 100,000 votes. That was crazy. 101,000 votes came in for this over the course of the tournament, and it was determined... That The Simpsons is the greatest cartoon in history. I would agree. Hard to argue with it. 30-plus seasons on the air. Countless amazing characters. Awards. Awards. Hundreds of episodes. It's a ratings juggernaut. Cameos up the yin It's a fantastic show. So after it was crowned champion on the March Madness of cartoons, it was your idea to go even deeper and have a mini March Madness, an accelerated March Madness, a March Madness Express of Simpsons characters. Uh, yeah, to find the best character in the best cartoon show. And everybody has a different opinion over who is the best Simpsons character. I think for me, I've always been a Mr. Burns guy. Really? Yeah, he's just so cold and mean, and it just registered with me. Well, I guess I can see it now. <laughs> But I know you, your boy is... Uh, Ralph Wiggum. Ralph Wiggum, who's a solid choice. I've got Ralph Wiggum and Homer Simpson in the final. And they're, I have Ralph Wiggum coming out on top. They're in the final four. Oh, I know. I just... I, Ralph Wiggum, at some point or another in your life, everybody has been Ralph Wiggum. He is very, very special. I love Ralph Wiggum. You know who else I love, though? Who? And who is grossly underappreciated... As a Simpsons character. Oh, I know where you're going. Hello, this is Mole Man in the Morning. Good Mole Man to you. Today, part four of our series of the agonizing pain in which I live every day. <laughs> Hans Mole Man. Oh, we patterned our careers after Mole Man in the Morning. <laughs> I kind of did. We put him in the tournament. He got bounced out in the first round. Which, Who did he lose to? Dr. Nick. Oh, right. Well, everybody loves Dr. Nick. Which is, I mean, I can't I can't argue against Dr. Nick. I love that guy. Yeah. But there's something about Hans Mole Man, and he just makes me so happy. Are you saying boo or boo-erns? I was saying boo-erns. <laughs> I just love the way he always trails tails. Oh. And that's two of your favorite characters together in one clip, Bryce Kelly. I know. And then another guy that I really love, that I know everyone loves, Mo the Bartender. Uh, Amanda Hug and Kiss? Hey, I'm looking for Amanda Hug and Kiss. Uh, why can't I find Amanda Hug and Kiss? 
<laughs> Maybe your standards are too high. You little SOB. If I ever find out who you are, I'm gonna shove a sausage down your throat and stick starving dogs in your butt. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the one. I'll rip your tongue out and use it to paint my boat. Yeah, use your tongue to paint my boat. Ooh. Mo the bartender is just a classic. How did he do? He's doing pretty good. I think he's in the final four as well versus Homer Simpson, which is an easy choice. Well, yeah. I think it's going to come down to Homer versus Ralph. I may have nailed this. I think you may have because I picked it to be Homer versus Milhouse in the end. Ah. But uh, Milhouse just got bounced out of there. Milhouse is just, everyone's got a little Milhouse in them. I have nothing to offer you but my love. I specifically said no geeks. But my mom says I'm cool. Next. Oh, Millhouse. <laughs> Poor Millhouse. Uh, one of the categories, too, that your pick still baffled me, it was Itchy and Scratchy yes. versus Patty and Selma. You went Patty and Selma. Who does that? I don't know. I regretted it immediately once I wrote it in pen. I feel like next to a Lisa episode, the Patty and Selma episodes are the second least popular. Although there was the episode where she married Sideshow Bob. Oh, that was good. Yeah, because yeah. I love me some Sideshow Bob as well. There's so many characters in that show, and it's crazy. One of my favorite things to do is you can go on YouTube and look up the actors who do the voices, and from time to time they will do a talk show. Oh. And when they do the talk show, they're just sitting there, and then they'll start talking as Chief Wago and like Hank Azaria does. That's weird. Or Dan Cla Castellaneto. Okay, well, now this is a perfect opportunity right here to end this segment with Bryce does a character from The Simpsons, and I will see if I can guess what it is. We need quiet in the studio. Oh, jeez. As Gabbo would say, I am a bad little boy. Wow. Mayor Quimby. I feel like I used to do it better. No, that was actually really good. The only point of pride I had going for me in high school was that I did a bang-on Diamond Joe Quimby. But then, you know, I became a man. And my voice got just a little deeper, and I just I feel like I can't quite do it anymore. I just like hearing you say I'm a bad little boy. I just love that. The only quote from him that I remember is from the Gabo episode, I'm a bad little boy. Have you ever encountered anyone in real? I mean, everybody can do Ralph Wiggum. I'm in danger. Everyone can do, well, I wouldn't say everybody can do uh, Diamond Joe Quimby, but have you ever met anybody who can do a convincing Homer Simpson, and I don't mean just the doe or the woo-hoo? No, never. Even, like, those YouTube videos where it's, like, 15 voices in 15 seconds. Yeah. And when they get to the Homer Simpson, it always just sounds... Like a guy trying to do Homer Simpson? Yeah, it's never quite bang on. No. Well, that's something to work on. There's homework for everybody. Work on your Homer. Top-ranking podcast with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Of course it's top ranked. I mean, why else would we call it that? Top ranking podcast with Garner and Bryce. So did you see that the the final blockbuster video on the planet is now, there's only one left and it's in Bend, Oregon? I know, that's so random. And people are making the pilgrimage from all over the world to go to this blockbuster and then just stand there and weep openly. I wish I would have known that because I was in Portland a couple years ago. And had I known that that was one of the last blockbusters on Earth, I might have made the trip to Bend. Yeah. I don't know how far of a drive it is. I'm not a crazy person. But if it was a short jaunt, I'd go see it. But does anyone go to the last blockbuster on the, on the planet and not take a picture? 
No, no, there is no chance. You Everybody, have to let just, everyone know. Yeah, you're just doing it for you're doing it for the gram, right? Oh, always for the gram. Do it for the gram. Is it? I wonder if it has the same smell as all the old block because all blockbusters Probably. smell the same. The way all Seven Elevens smell the same. All Canadian tires smell the same. I do feel like with the closure of video stores. And I, I use video store, but that can be like DVDs. It could be you renting games and that. I feel like a piece of society has just been ripped away from us because there was, you used to go out and you're like, oh, what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. What do you want? There's nothing to do. Oh, I'm so bored. Go get a movie. So you'd go to your local video store mm-hmm. and you'd be cruising the aisles and then you'd run into one of your friends. And the next thing you know, you're in a bar swinging from the chandeliers. Like yeah. it opened up opportunities to do things other than just sit at home and watch a movie. That's true. Or if you had to, you rented a movie and you took that movie home and you stuck with it. You didn't eject it. You you made your decision carefully in the store. You read the box. You looked at the picture. Then you read the back of the box again. You looked at the picture again. And then you marched up to the front and paid for it. And you went home. There wasn't, we weren't swimming in a sea of choice back then. You stuck with your movie. Which, uh, which VHS movies did you walk away from? You know, you go to the, you go to the blockbuster, you rent them, you come home, you start them and you're like, Nope, I'm done. You're talking about back in the day when you went and rented a video and you committed to a video. Exactly. exactly. Because you didn't have 10,000 choices at the other end of your remote. Yeah, you didn't scroll left and right for 37 minutes until you found the perfect movie. It was like, all right, I'll give this one a crack. I I don't really ever remember bailing out on something on VHS. I, I did two bails. I, I pulled the shoot twice. On? Um, uh, one was The Bad Lieutenant with uh, Harvey Keitel. Okay. Just, well, I thought a lot of people liked that. Yeah, it was just... It was, we were watching it with uh, people who were kind of square, and there was that one scene where he pulls over those uh, young ladies, and mm. I was just too much. I was like, yeah, then I'm out. Okay. What was and, the other one? Uh, uh, it was a Meg Ryan movie, like House Sitter something like that. It was just so terrible. I just couldn't deal with it. It, House sitter was Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn, right? Goldie Hawn. That's what it was. Yeah. It was (laughs) terrible. God, it was bad. Okay. What was the last movie you walked out of a movie theater? Oh, I've never done that. No, never. No, that's a big investment. How do people even walk out of a movie now? Like you're watching Netflix. What do you do? Just throw down the remote and storm out of your house? I know with you know on demand and streaming, and we're now seeing all these movies more frequently in our own homes. Yep, that and it's easier to get them. That yeah, what do you do when it's a stinker? You just it's not as satisfying as getting up and walking out to just hit the stop button and move on with your life. Yeah, it's like how you can't on cell phones now. You can't slam a phone. No, when you're angry and there's just no satisfaction in hitting the end call button. Yeah, there's no way to convey your disappointment to the person on the other end of the line. There's no way to convey to the people that took your money that you're disappointed in the movie when you shut it off on Netflix. Yeah, it's oh. just not there. Speaking of shutting movies off on Netflix. Oh, boy. Did you make it? You, you made it all the way through, right? I sat through in one sitting the, mm. the dirt. I'm chipping away at it. This is the Motley Crue story. <laughs> oh, oh mercy. Ooh. What a turd movie that is. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like, I didn't... I didn't did not go into this movie expecting a 
biopic about Motley Crue to win awards. Yeah. But, woof. You weren't expecting every cliche from every movie about rock music ever made either. If you got a 15-year-old boy going through puberty to write a movie about just being in a band. That would be the movie you got. This would be the movie. Yeah. It's nonstop drugs, ladies, <laughs> liquor, and just rocking out too hard. And some of the lines in this movie. Ooh, your favorite line, Bryce. Now, see, I should also be upfront. I've tried to watch it in two sittings. I thought I was done last night. And then I looked down. And I'm like, oh, I still got an hour left. And yeah. it's only an hour and 48 minutes. So <laughs> I've watched 48 minutes of it and it felt like it should be over. Yeah, that's not a good sign that it's a quality film. No. Uh, the best part of the movie, and you haven't gotten to it yet, is the part where Tommy Lee marries Heather Locklear. Uh-huh. And at that point in Motley Crue's career, they were introduced to a little thing called hard drugs. Okay. And so they're at the wedding, and uh, Vince... Vince no, Neil. Nikki Six. Nikki Six is the one who has the problems. And so Nikki Six is there. He's supposed to be the best man, but he's too strung out. And so they're having a bad time. There's a rift between him and Tommy at the wedding. And then there's a line in there, and this is for real, where he's just like, I fell in love too. My love's name, heroin. Bravo. Then cuts to a dark bedroom with candles and him just shooting heroin in his closet or whatever. And you're just like, this is the worst. Did they actually just say... He just fell in love with heroin. Yeah. Oh. Were you able to watch the scene where Ozzy peed on the pool deck and then licked it up? Oh, yeah. That was gross. Is that true? I don't know. I Like, I heard Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> is a freak, but mm-hmm. that was a weird one. Yeah. And I, I, I also want to say, too, is that Motley Crue, I've never been a Motley Crue guy. No, me neither. But I will honestly say Kickstart My Heart might be one of the finest crafted rock songs in history. For just a flat-out rock song, it's a good one. I've never hated Dr. Feelgood. In fact, like, just whenever I hear Dr. Feelgood, I immediately get this part stuck in my head. He's gonna be your Frankenstein! Ooh, everybody does that part, right? I watched the official music video for that and uh, has not stood the test of time. I have another question about the dirt. Yeah? If you... So the movie employs dozens of young Hollywood hopefuls, starlets. Yeah, sure, up-and-comers. Girls with big Hollywood dreams in their eyes. Oh, my God. But they're not really, they're kind of exploited in the movie. These, these women, very, very short scenes that usually involved... Very little clothing. And a speedy courtship in the band's dressing room, Yes, if you know what I mean. A nice meet and greet with a member of the band. Yeah, and it's very, very graphic. It's in your face. There's no, they're not hiding what they're doing. Now, when you get that gig, do you phone your parents back in Iowa and say, I got a role? That's so funny that you say that because I just rewatched Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And there are some scenes in brothels in Game of Thrones where... Same deal. Ladies are wearing very little clothing and doing very explicit things. And you sit there and you're like, do you tell, guess what, daddy? I got a gig. I'm going to be on Game of Thrones. Please don't watch it. Yeah. (laughs) And does dad disobey your order to watch it and go ahead and watch it? And now he can't get that out of his mind? Because you want to give the warning. 
Because you don't want dad to stumble onto that by accident that you're uh, meeting Tommy Lee backstage in the Wiley Crew show in the late 80s. And you don't want want to hear it from dad's friends. Well, see, that'd be the worst (laughs) that her dad goes back to work on the Monday at the farm implement dealership and a customer comes, hey, Kev, yeah. I saw Karen in uh, that new Motley Crue biopic. She's looking well. You don't want to hear that. Yeah, she's looking fit. (laughs) She's, uh, she's, uh, Kevin, uh, she's all grown up. Yeah. Gross. Is that little Rachel in there? Yeah. Oh, what do you do at that point? Like, do you? Yeah, do you tell your parents and family? I think you have to just for the warning. Like, I'm in this. Do not watch it. Please. You're listening to Top Ranking Podcast. It's on the internet where your Uncle Barry posts weird things on Facebook. Oh, Bryce, you got to talk to the rock stars again the other day. Yeah, we got us another special guest. Who who do we have this week? This week we have Jeremiah from the Lumineers. That's exciting. Is his name Jeremiah Lumineer? I can tell you it is not. Okay. But his name is Jeremiah. Uh, they got a new song that just came out. They got an album coming on the fall. Gloria is the song, right? Yeah, Gloria is the song. Ophelia, Gloria. Cleopatra. Cleopatra, just songs Angela. about Angela. That's right. Yeah, yeah, they got a lot of songs about ladies. Uh, but they got an album coming out. So they gave me a call because that's what you do when you're a band and you got an album coming out. You call Bryce. You call me. Yeah, and Bryce. <laughs> and I spread and, the word. And then Bryce, of course, asks you nothing about music. Yeah, they called anticipating an interview about their new song, their new album. When you ask them this question, though, and I'm going to say what the question is, do you just blurt it out? Do you just go, hey, how much money do you have with you? There's very little, yeah. Or do you ease into it? Uh, There's very little pretext. No, you just sort of blurt it out? (laughs) I just kind of get to it. and like. Have you ever had somebody say, what are you talking about, and hang up? Not really. No. I thought I was going to get that a bit from Jeremiah, mm-hmm. uh, but I guess we'll see how it goes. Okay. So, Jeremiah, the question everyone wants to know, not about your new album, but how much money do you have on your person right now? Okay. Truth be told, on my person right now, I have like a Hall's lozenge. Uh, I have a little bit of a cold. I don't know how you say that. Like a... Uh, Hall's lozenge mm-hmm. wrapper and my passport. I don't have any cash on me. I have my U.S. passport and my Hall's um, kind of medicines. <laughs> That's about <laughs> it. So zero dollars. So you're not a man Passport's to mug. Passport's kind of expensive, but it's not. It's not cash though. Yeah. So you're not a man to mug right now. <laughs> Can I ask what's the best answer you've ever gotten? Like wh- who who's rolling around with some some serious cash. You know what? Uh, the Canadian band, the Arkells, I don't know if you know or if too familiar with them, uh, their singer Max had like 80 or 100 bucks on him. He was he was filthy rich. That's pretty good. Yeah, most Dang. people seem to, it seems like the number's going down. <laughs> so Passport and Hall's Lozenge rapper, not too impressive. <laughs> and it's just the rapper? Yeah. That's sad. That is a little sad. It makes me a little worried about Jeremiah. It also makes me, this is, here's why you need to support music too and go see live music. And when you're there, buy a t-shirt and a poster and that kind of thing. Cause that's where the bands are making their money now. It's that's not right. off of ticket sales and it's not off of sales of CDs and records. That's right. You got to buy the merch because Jeremiah here from Lumineers, last time they toured, they did arena shows and they were selling out 
15, 16,000 seat arenas. And oh. he's impressed by a guy with 80 or $100 in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, these guys are headlining like yeah. Lollapalooza and Oceaga this year. And he has garbage in his pockets. Wow. So nicely done, Bryce. Your uh, streak is intact of asking musicians, how much money do you have in your pocket? And zero questions about what they're actually calling for. That was Top Ranking Podcast, starring Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. What are we up to, like four listeners now? Five. Oh, and a special thanks to USS for the temporary, yes, temporary podcast theme song.